We lucked out, though. We were lucky people. No, you didn't. You know, we were out there. I'm not even going to take that. You didn't luck out. Yeah. Yeah. There is no luck. It's it's hard work. It's preparation. It's dedication. That's how things happen. Nobody gets lucky. You know, I mean, there is no luck. Honestly, there's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, it, 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 everybody who's super successful, it's because they work harder than everybody else. And they, and they take some risks and they go for it. It's not because they're lucky. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. And you may have some, some, some things that come at you that seem like it's luck, but no, it's because you put yourself in the right position to have those things happen to you. All right, guys, here we go. Another episode of the Premier Podcast, powered by Premier Mortgage Lending. We have a couple of great guests with us today. Linda Early and Blaze Coco of Coco Early and Associates. Thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Thanks Thank for having us. Having us. Yeah. It's great. Absolutely. You guys have a have a great story. You've, you've done a ton. So I can't wait to hear all about it. I'm sure our audience listening is excited to hear how you've built this, this great local company. Um, that's really the, the, the idea behind the podcast. When we started it, we wanted to share local success stories with, uh, with the public. Mm-hmm. So that people can get motivated, inspired, and learn how they can do awesome things just like you guys have. Oh, yeah. that's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, no, well, you, you guys have. <laughs> I mean, you should be obviously proud of what you've done. I mean, it's, it's quite the accomplishment not only to have, a, you know, one office with a few agents, never mind. 13-ish. It's, yeah, give right? or take. Every day it seems to be different, but yeah. Right? 13-ish yeah. offices yeah. with <laughs> roughly how many agents? About 320, Linda. Yep. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah, we started um, 22 years ago, I think it is. 1997. December of 1997, we started. Wow. And, um, you know, it was kind of an interesting um, beginning for us because we were both agents, yeah. you know, that had worked for another company. And um, we just felt it was time to just kind of branch out and do our own thing. But what was kind of interesting about it is um, Blaze and I, Really, we knew each other in the business because we were in the same office, mm-hmm. um, but we we never thought of really becoming partners in a business or anything. It just kind of happened. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason, and um, we felt the timing was good, and we took the chance and just kind of jumped into it, right? Yes, we did. We got our first loan. It was $25,000. Awesome. From Methuen Co-op. Nice. Before they were the big brick building that they are now, they used to be a small... Um, white cape style looking yeah. building. Everything remember was that? done by hand. Remember, the, she had our, she had had our account, and uh, yeah, everything. The application, everything was. Oh my gosh, it's when yeah. phones didn't exist. Cell phones and cell phones. Facsimile yeah. machines was boss, and mimeograph yeah. printers were, were boss. Simpler times. It was right? so funny. Yeah. <laughs> the MLS books. We had books instead of everything being online today. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, the yeah. business has changed a lot. It's changed so much. Bit, yeah. yeah, it's amazing what you see yeah. over the years. And I mean, you have to adapt, you know. Um, and so we've had a lot of times that we had to adapt because technology is changing so quickly. Technology, the market, it's it's ever changing. It, it's you know, it can change. Yeah. Even you know, we saw everything that just happened over the last three months oh, with yeah. the COVID situation. We, you guys, need to adjust how you are showing homes, how you are marketing homes. Right. You know, instead of doing. You know, a lot of open houses. We were doing the visual tours and, and this, oh, that, yeah. and the other things. So there was a lot of, lot of changing. Let's let's do this. So let's take it way back. Okay. All right. Way back. So, Blaze, let's let's start with you. Tell me about where you grew up, how you got going, and then give us the, the quick version of little Blaze to to, to, <laughs> to start in the real estate. Sure. Business. So, 
Born in Lawrence, Massachusetts, yep. Prospect Hill. Nice. Raised um, in Lawrence till I was nine. In a family of nine children, yep. including me, six sisters and two brothers. And um, we lived mostly in multifamily homes, always the third floor. I was always the one, the oldest son, so I'd be bringing the garbage barrels up the stairs and down the stairs and the groceries up the stairs. So it was quite a thing. East Havel Street. I was born on Wesley Street in, yep. in Prospect Hill. Um, and then finally, we, my parents got, took advantage of a first-time homebuyer program and moved to Methuen on awesome. Oak Crest Circle. Yep. And we lived there until I joined the Air Force. Um, I was... Um, uh, in the Air Force, uh, 18 years old in yep. October uh, 1980, and um, um, I was uh, I was there. I was in Germany for two years in the Air Force. I was in in uh, Michigan for two years, and then I did reserves for two years, so six years. What uh, what made you join join the Air Force? Join the service? So I um, I had dropped out of high school when I was 16. Yep. Um, and didn't have a, the formal education. I was a pretty bright kid, if I must say so myself. <laughs> uh, a plus A all the time. I was really kind of bored. Yeah. And my mom was okay with me um, dropping out. My dad, we didn't tell my dad until right. a year later. I used to hide in the morning. He'd think I was at school. <laughs> and um, so I, I, I knew I needed to leave the nest. And I was kind of, you know, I was a, a piece of furniture, more or less, at the house where... Yeah. I was always there and had no goals, yeah. and I knew I had to do something very drastic. Um, and I liked the Air Force, so I thought I'd fly and yeah. um, be a pilot. So I got in my first plane when I was 18 years old, vomited five times before <laughs> I landed in Lackland Air Force Base, <laughs> Texas, got out of uh, the plane, and the TI had his way with me. He was like, yeah. come on, mister. and said all bad things about my mom and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just to go under your skin right, right yeah, off the bat, right? Yeah, but you know what? I, I was ready. Mentally, I was ready. Yeah. I, and I knew I knew I'd be a, I wanted to be a leader, and I yep. was. We had 50 men in our air flight, and uh, a lot of the folks were, you know, they were crying, and they were all young and stuff, and we actually lost one of our guys with suicide. Oh, jeez. Um, so you can imagine the pressures. But um, I was able to get people together and, and, and actually kind of lead the, 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 the group. So I was always in a leadership position. And after six years, I, I met my wife in, in Michigan, married her, dated for 90 days, and yeah. was married on the 91st day, pretty much. Um, and we've been married 35 years wow. since yeah, 1984 we got married. Um, I didn't know. I've known you a long time. I didn't know. See, that's why these, these uh, are great. Because yeah. I didn't know that, that you and Marilyn were together for a short amount of time, and you got married yeah. right away. Yeah. We have two children. We yep. decided to have children later on in our life. and decided we wanted to adopt and um, both awesome. of my children were uh, born uh, i delivered kylie and uh, marilyn delivered tyler and we cut the umbilical cords the the birth moms were fine with it yeah it was it was amazing that's amazing um and now kylie's 11 tyler's eight um both very strong and smart and, and beautiful little blonde blue-eyed kids they're they're wonderful they're treasures of my life and then um, got into real estate. I wanted to make a lot of money in a fast period of time and didn't have the education behind me. Yep. So I went uh, and I took my uh, my test for real estate and joined Century 21 McLennan and Company, McLennan and Moriarty back then. Worked with Janet McLennan, who was a, a very good um, advisor, a teacher in a lot of ways. And then um, kind of grew up there in the business. And yeah, like Linda said, we wanted to do business a little different. Uh, from a service perspective, and we decided to go out, go out on our own 22 years ago. <coughs> and our first office, our goal was to have six or seven agents, which we call power agents. Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up, people ended up coming over to our office just because they liked us, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and we started to recruit and grew from one office and knew we had to go to Salem, New Hampshire. I'll let, I'll let Linda fill in those blanks. But it's, it's been wonderful. And here yeah. we are today. And we do probably close to a billion in sales a year. It's incredible. Um, about three, you know, 2,500, 2,800 homes a year, almost 3,000 homes a year. Um, it's a fun place. It's a family environment. That's what we would have. We don't have that corporate um, um, persuasion, if you will. It's 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 been very, <clears throat> very real, yeah. very real, very family. Um, I, I'm generally found out of the either the Salem or the Wyndham market. The offices there and the agents really take care of each other. Um, yeah. They do in the entire company. It, it's just wonderful. It's great when you have that that family atmosphere. We try to do the same thing here. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. kind of a family. Family-run business. Yeah. You, you don't have everything isn't super corporate, and people tend to enjoy that. Yeah, um, they do. I, I thought another very interesting thing that I, I heard when you were speaking there, Blaze, is a lot of folks that I've talked to that are you know incredibly successful, <coughs> like the two of you are, don't necessarily have to have this super formal education, go through all this high-level schooling training. It's more the desire to want to get out mm. there and do well. You know, and even how you said you went into the Air Force at 18 years old and you right away took a, a, a natural leadership position. Like, that's the, that, those are the characteristics that, that real leaders and people that are successful mm -hmm. have. So it's, it's interesting to hear that from another person. You know what I mean? Also, you grew up in a, in a three family with 11 people, you know? Another thing that we hear consistently when we're talking to people that yeah. do really well, you know, it's not like you, you said you you grew you grew up on uh, Beacon Hill in Boston in a Hardly. million dollar mansion. <laughs> Beacon Street, maybe you know? in Lawrence, <laughs> right? Right. You know, it's a it's a recurring theme, and it's 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 refreshing sometimes to, to, to hear that. Uh, um, Linda, what's your what's your story? Well, I don't know if I could talk that. <laughs> but um, I was born in Methuen, Massachusetts. Yeah. And um, pretty much lived there, you know, my whole um, young life. Uh, we lived on Prospect Street, and both my parents worked. Yep. They were working parents. They always gave us what we needed. Yep. You know, we felt like we had the world. It was yeah. wonderful. You know, I'm the youngest of three girls. So I have my two sisters. We're all very different, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I went to... Um, Methuen Public Schools, yep. graduated, I'm going to date myself when I say this, but I graduated from Tenney High School, which it's not Tenney High School anymore, it's just Methuen High. Right. It turned that two years after I graduated from <laughs> Tenney. So people always know from Methuen, if you say that, they say, oh, I think you must have graduated in such and such Right, year. they can pinpoint so, the year. Yeah, which is fine, yeah. you know, it's great. And um, then I went on to college. Yep. Very traditional family, I guess, is um, we, all my sisters and I, we all went to college. Where'd you go to school? Um, I went to Northeastern yeah, University. Very nice. Yeah, commuted. Yeah. I still see. You commuted from Methuen to Boston? Commuted, yeah. And the funny thing is, um, I ran, run into the few people everyone saw that I carpooled with. I just ran into one of them last oh, that's week. It was funny. hilarious, Steve wow. Fra Franciosa. <clears throat> and we laugh about it because we say, remember how we used to have, get up and battle the traffic and the cold? And, the, and we did. We just did it. And I don't know how we did it, but we did. And um, so it was great. And then, well, because I, everybody was tougher back then. That's how you. That's how you did it. I you know what I mean? Even when I was a kid, you know, you guys are a little bit older than yeah. I am, but even when I was a kid, it was like you did what you had to do. Well, there were no options. I mean, you know? the, right. the option was Sink I couldn't live. afford right. to live at school. Yeah. Right. So if I wanted to go there, I had to commute. Right. So I did. And that was just what you had to do. I had to take the bus, or you know, or we carpooled, or you just did what you had to do. Yeah. When had you were in college, what did you? What did you? 
want to be? What was your what were your your goals or your? I wanted to be in business. Yep. And um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted <clears throat> to do, and I think a lot of people don't. No, most but because don't. Because of because of Northeastern, they have the co-op program. Yep. So I started working for the federal government um, in the logistics department and then in personnel. So it was a really good um, segue into business. And I learned a lot from people there. It was really great. To, um, but what I did learn is um, after being there for eight years, oh, you were once there for I graduated, I moved on with them okay. and they gave me a position. I realized I didn't want to work in an office like that. Yeah. I felt that there was no motivation for me. Yep. Um, pretty much if you showed up and you just kind of did your job, that's all you were expected to do. And there was no motivation to, to work harder, do better. If you did more, you were paid more. Yep. I wasn't crazy about that. So that's when I looked into real estate. And I took, my, took the exam um, and um, passed it. And I went to talk to Century 21. And um, you know, and when you're in that position, and I see it now with new agents when they talk with us, many have no idea about the business right. or how it works. So you feel very thankful when a company says, you know, you could come and work for me, because yeah, you we'll think, give you a shot. We'll give it, yeah, you sure. Well, because it's just all um, once you join them, if you develop into a good agent, it's. A bonus for them. Yep, right. And you don't really look at it when you're young and you know you're starry-eyed. You think, oh, this is going to be great. She's going to give me an opportunity. And so I worked as um, Blaze did with Janet McLennan. Yep. She was a good teacher as far as learning um, by doing, um, watching, seeing how the business was handled and done. And so it was a good basis, you know. But after uh, working there for I think it was around 12 years, yeah, we decided we we just um, and it's kind of how we. Funny how we both decided around the same time. I think that's great. So, yeah. all right. So you were probably what about thirty-ish when you got into real estate then? Um, yeah, I've been in the business. This is my thirty-fifth year. Wow. So yeah, I was actually around twenty-nine. I okay, think. so somewhere yeah. around there, you were right out of the so air 24. force. Twenty-four. All right, twenty-four, and then you were both. What I really like about this is you were both at. Uh, Century 21 for what about 10, 12, 13 years? Almost 13 years. Almost 13, yeah. And you went out on, so you went out on your own when you were approaching 40 or 40s, somewhere around there, right? Maybe what, 36? Yeah, I was 40. Which I think is fantastic. No, you're right, 40. You're right, 40. Right, which is fantastic. It's like it shows people that it's never too late. I think sometimes people think if you don't start doing something when you're 25 years Mm -hmm. old, you can't do it. You can do oh, it. You can yeah. do it anytime you want. Absolutely. Well, it's funny. Um, I actually did go to college after in my thirties. You did. When I had my Mercedes Benz, I thought I was a hot, hot, hot dog, right? Um, so I drive up to the to Neco, went to Northern Essex yeah. Community College, which I loved, and I drove up and I ran for student council, and I, I was sitting there with all these 19, 20 year olds, and I was loving it because I quit school and I, I wanted to still experience all that. Right. Oh my gosh. The way they thought versus the way that I thought as an adult, crazy. Right. Um, well, you had lived so. some some real life at that point, yeah. mm-hmm. and they, yeah. you know, most young kids don't have a whole lot of, yeah. you know, life experience. So it's never too late to go to school, to do anything, to open a business. No, and I no. think that the time that we opened was actually a benefit because we have the maturity. Yeah. yeah. You know, to weather it because even you know. Blaze always, when, when we decide to do something, if it's a risk or something different or whatever, he would always say to me, what's the worst case scenario that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Like, look at the best, yep. but if it doesn't 
turn out what's the worst case. Right. And it's really a good way to look at things. It sure and is. It all, and since that beginning, I do that. Yeah. When I make decisions, I say, well, what's the worst that can happen? Right. You just change your mind or right. you just, you know. Well, it's like I'm not going to die. Exactly. What, am I lose some yeah. money? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can recover from that. Right. It's kind of like buying a home when people, when Linda and I are working with people and they'll say, oh, my God, I can't make a decision. I can't make a decision. You know what? You can sell, resell the house if exactly. it's the wrong decision. Right. It's not, it's not a marriage. It's, it's not, not a divorce. It's yeah. just a home. Right. It's a thing. And you make it a home. If it doesn't work, you sell it. And yeah. you're right. You might lose a few bucks. You might make a few bucks. It's right. a good way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, it's not no, going to be catastrophic. It's worked. Right. It's like, what's your worst case yeah. scenario? Right. So, all right, 1997, right? You yeah. guys, we, we found out how you've gotten to that point, yeah. right? And you say, okay, yeah. who, who, who's, whose idea was it first? Who said we're going? What? What happened? Well, the first struggle was, was it going to be Coco first or early first? <laughs> That's funny. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> Where'd you go with? I don't sure agree with you, but I have a great memory on how it began. <laughs> and how it began was I had asked Linda to be my partner. <laughs> so it was only right for me to be first. Okay. But it wouldn't have sounded Is right. Is that what actually happened, Linda? You didn't ask me. <laughs> I said, do you want to be? I, I remember exactly the words. Uh, do you want to be? I remember the phone call. It was late at night. I said, because I had said that I was leaving the company. And you said, oh my God, I've been thinking about it too. And I've been shopping around and not even interviewing other real estate companies, but other businesses. And I said, do you want to be partners? I remember succinctly. And you said, yeah, right out of the gate. She said, yeah, right away. And yeah. then I said, really? Okay. And we decided to meet the next morning. So Coco decided, the, the word Coco had to be for us, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> well, so. So that's so, Blaze's so version. So I did agree. I did agree that Coco would be first because, you know, alphabetically, the C goes well, yeah, before the E. That's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so then I. Makes you feel then, good. So then, as a, as a very equal Swap off. I became president. <laughs> See, did. that hurt me like a lot. But then I jumped. Then I quickly jumped to the uh, to the um, to the the business protocol and learned that CEO was actually more important. So I was good with being the CEO. <laughs> well, either but way, I wrote that book. So right. it's no, a it conflict of interest. It all, it works. Well, it's either fine. way, no matter whose name is first or who's got what title, it's yeah. really worked out well. Yeah. So you guys said, all right, let's let's go do this. You said you got your $25,000 loan at the Methuen Co-op. Yeah. Right? And then what were you doing? Like looking for looking for space? Well, we happened to find this space. It was kind of interesting. It was being built out. Yeah. So um, we we opted for it. But we had no office for two months. It had to be built. And yeah. we were waiting. And so um, it, that was tough for me because I was always used to going to an office, having yep. a desk, you know, being set up, whatever. So we would end up going to Friendly's, which was across the street yeah. from where the office would be. Yeah, yeah, I remember right where the Friendly's was. And then one day we set up this really important meeting and we go to the door of Friendly's and they were closed. And we said, oh, no, what are we yeah. going to do? Where are we going to meet? And yeah. we figured it out. I don't even remember where we ended up. That's funny. So Friendly's was your spot every day to oh, yeah. get together and meet? Oh, yeah. And yeah. we couldn't wait until our space was done. But once it was, yeah. we felt really good about it. But we outgrew it so fast. Yeah. Three, three months. We, we owned Methuen our Three first months? year. Yeah. And so that office we was did. directly across the street on, on, on Broadway right. from where the old Friendlies was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, we had, I think we started out with about 1,000 square feet. And yeah. so we quickly filled that. But it was the kind of building we, <laughs> we just kept explaining. We went upstairs, and then there was a kitchen. So they you we know closed off the kitchen. Yeah. We just took over this whole building until one day um, – maybe two years after 
we, we were there. Um, I got a phone call from the person who owned the building that we're now in. Yep. Yeah, Tom Catalano. And he said, um, you know, I've been watching you and uh, whatever. And um, he said, um, you know, would you be interested in leasing my building? Because I'm moving it, moving my business. And um, I said, well, we'd be interest, <coughs> interested in looking at it, but we really want to buy. We're yeah. not interested in moving to lease. And so I talked with Blaze, and he said, well, come and take a look. So we went and took a look, and quite frankly, we loved it. Yeah. Like, we thought, this is perfect, but we couldn't let on. Right. They're like, oh, it's okay. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some work, you know. <laughs> Location, you know, Route 28, really. <laughs> yeah. Huge building. <laughs> yeah, huge building. But, I mean, I think it was good for both parties. Yeah. I think it, it got it yeah. from, I mean, as Same, yeah. it turned out, I think we made a fair deal for both. Yeah. yeah. And because we ended up doing a lot of renovations in it and we continue to because it's an older building. How old is that building? Um, early 1900s. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. building. It, it's probably historic. It, yeah, no, it's you. in the historic district. Yeah. So we always have to be careful anything we do. 20 years? Uh, nine, um, wow. We bought it in 2001. That's crazy. Wow. 2001. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that was that was your first big office that you had. So yes. you had just Methuen for how long? Th three, four years? Yeah. Well, I'm actually, Susan Tisbert, who was an agent of ours, yeah. did a lot of business in New Hampshire. And she was clamoring for us to open an office in New Hampshire because we were starting to do business in New Hampshire. Yeah. And a lot of the New Hampshire companies saw what we did in Massachusetts really quickly. And honestly, we, we felt like they were trying to block us from showing properties. They would require us, remember this, us to fax over our license to them before they would even set up a showing. Yeah. Get um, out of here. They would. And one day, Lynn and I said, okay, we're done with this game. Because they would do it to all of our agents, yeah. too. Really? Just, yeah, to, they, they just to give to them another obstacle before they could get to the property? They were trying yeah. to keep us out of Salem. Pain in the neck, yep. Which was really kind of fun. Right. And then the day came. Um, that's good, though, when someone's doing yeah. that to you. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. well, that's how we took they were a little afraid of us. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and understandably, we'll because within a year we owned Salem. Right. We did. So we made the call and said, okay, if you don't let us show the property, if, it's, if, you, if you continue requiring the license and refuse to set the showing will go directly to your seller. Right. And we had that right to do that. So immediately it stopped. Right. Yeah. And then we went to Salem and then. So, so you had your first office in Salem. Where was the first office in Salem? It was on um, Route 28. Okay. Where on 28? It was uh, the plaza. Yeah. Where oh, where uh, Amalfi's is, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. Yeah. You know, at one point in time, we had three offices on 28. We had one in Salem, yep. one in Methuen, and one in South Lawrence. So we were right on Route 28. Yep. And, um, you know, and over the years, you know, we moved Salem a few different times for different reasons. The space wasn't quite quite right. Um, we ended up buying a building in Salem at one point, and then we ended up selling that, and we moved. So we've done a lot of maneuvering, really, in the Salem market, I think. Yeah. Lawrence, we opened. Um, <coughs> That was one of those uh, times that, you know, um, what's the worst case scenario that can happen and the worst case happened? <laughs> did it? Yeah. That was a rental. That yeah, was, we, yeah, we didn't that. buy it. But when, when did you open that one? Oh, gosh. Around 2004? 
Yeah, we're probably over 70 years. We were getting BB shootings in the windows and stuff. Where was the, where was the office? It was in South, South Lawrence on 28. Right on 28. Okay. Yeah. The car dealership right where it was. Before us. Yeah, it um, was a rent-a-center or something. and then I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I know what you mean. Um, and, you know, we thought, honestly, in opening in Lawrence, we thought the best spot would be a South Lawrence location. Yeah. Um, it just never turned out quite right. Not yeah. what we thought. Um, and, you know, that's what happens in this business. You know, sometimes you, you're right on dead center and sometimes you're not. And so that, um, that was an interesting lesson for us, yep. truly. Too much space, um, not enough <coughs> revenue, yep. you know, to support it. So then um, when we, so we closed that. And then goes to show you though, right? As you yeah. as you're growing yeah. along the way, you're gonna have little failures as you go, and that's okay, right? Because that's how you guys probably learned moving forward. Oh, so, you know what I mean? You, when you, when you're assessing where you're gonna open an office or how you're gonna do things, you're like, okay, remember when that one didn't go just as planned? Right. Let's keep that you know on the, on our forefront of our mind, so that next time we. You know, we adjust a little bit. I tell you, it takes a lot of nerve to close an office. Yeah. As it does, maybe more nerve to close than to even open. Right. Open's kind of, you write the check, you build out, you have your big opening day and all that. Yep. And then you hope that sales will happen. Right. But closing it, the messages that people uh, infer are, oh my gosh, they're not doing well. And, right. and it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. So yeah. you have to take a, you have to measure it. And if you're not making money, don't be afraid to cancel or to close what you're doing right. and move on to something better. Yep. Um, but it takes a, you know, it's still risky. That's yeah. a good message. No, that, and that really I think is. that, um, you know, when you're in business, because even we look at other people in business, it, it appears sometimes to be easy. It appears that, oh, you know, they do it. And, yeah. but they don't recognize really what goes on behind the scenes. And, I think our toughest time was like 2009 to 2012. Yeah. In that, that was recession. a tough time. It was super tough. That was a tough time. And there were sleepless nights and worries yeah. and concerns. And a lot of our concern was to not let people down, right. to not let our agents <coughs> down that worked yep. for us, and to not let our employees down because we do have employees. Yep. And so there was, it was a time of a lot of stress. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was scary for for a lot of people, and, oh, yeah. and you guys at that point you had built up the business uh-huh. to the point where how many offices did you have? Three or four? Um, back then, um, maybe that's when we started to expand. So right. yeah, we probably had four. So you were probably expanding through the early two thousands. Right. Then that hits two thousand eight, yeah. and it's like okay, now we yeah. got to weather the storm and, and try to make it through this the best but we can. Actually, Mike, what we did was, and I remember again the conversation with Linda. We we shared an office and. And she was pretty down, and I, we our desks faced each other, and she says, "What are we gonna do with the few superlatives?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Linda. I'm just Not kidding. Not me. <laughs> this is you know, I will funny. say my vocabulary has really expanded. Yes. In the past few years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mother, my father, they, they enjoy those words. Um, but um, and I remember. Because we play an important role to each other. She's the, it's the yin and yang. Yep. If she's up, I'm down. If I'm mm-hmm. down, she's up. And without having that, I would not even be doing this. Um, so when she's down, I know I have to get up. Yep. And it's good because it forces me to think creatively and productively. And I had said, you know what we're going to do, Linda? We're going to grow. We're going to grow. In this down market, we're going to grow. And that took guts. Yeah. And she said, how the heck are we going to grow um, when we have no money? 
because it was that bad. <laughs> How are we going to do this? Exactly. <laughs> and I said, I'll figure question. it out. Right. And we did. We went from four or five offices to like mm-hmm. 10 offices in just like 12 months. Awesome. We went out there, awesome. bought companies. We figured out a way of financing. Um, we partnered with some really quality people. Oh, my yep. goodness. Today, that's how we grew. Today, still our partners today. Yeah, that's well, how we Well, it takes, grew, it takes really. courage, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to, to go out there and say, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm mm-hmm. going to put it all on the line, even when I don't have anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When money's tight, for you to say, oh, we're going to grow, that's, I mean, that's, that's what mm-hmm. real entrepreneurs and people that want to grow mm-hmm. do. You take risks and you go yeah. for it. Yeah. And same thing. What? That's <clears> the worst that's going to happen. Right. No, it, right? it's so true. You know, I with this pandemic, I've been trading a little stocks. Yeah. Uh, in, in 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 the stock market, and it's so interesting that fine difference. And I'll give you a real cool example. So let's say you bought Facebook, yep. the stock at a hundred dollars a share, and you bought you know one share, and the stock goes down to seventy dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, most people are going to cry and go, oh, my God. <laughs> and that's your first impulse. You're like, oh, I made the wrong decision. My timing was real bad. But an entrepreneur would say, I'm going to average in. I'm going to buy the 70 to get that average down right. to $80, $85. Yeah. But the pessimist would say, oh, my God, sell, 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 yeah. just to get out so I don't have to feel that pain anymore. But if you bought it 100 and it's down to 70 you average in. So now your, your new purchase is actually $85. That's so it only right. needs to go up $15 to break even rather than 30 Right. And then if it goes back above on. the 100 Right, yeah. then it's just a <laughs> yeah. gravy. Still Excellent. a risk, still a risk. Yep. But averaging in, that's what people that want to grow, that want to do those things, that think out of the box. Yeah. And that's it's not common. I don't no, think it's, it's common not common at all. That's why there's only you know, so many people that are business owners that yeah. are very successful because mm-hmm. you have to take risks that a lot of other yeah. people wouldn't take. And you can you, still lose, Michael. You can. You know, I, I, I don't want to promote, go out there and double down and, and, and average in and all that because it may be the wrong business. It may be the wrong stock. Right. And if it is, that sucker could go to zero. And sure. now doubling down all the way down is, is not a good thing. Yeah. But you've got to, you, you know, Facebook, a billion dollars. You know, you've got to measure those things and when you're making decisions. Um, but a lot of times people don't think about let's grow our company in this negative market. And, yeah. and Lynn was like, how are we going to do that? And put these two brains together and, and here you have 13 offices, mm-hmm. a billion in sales, Incredible. Or close to a billion in sales a year. Incredible. With 320 Luckily. agents. We lucked out though. We were, were lucky people. No, you didn't. You know, we were out there. And I'm not even going to take that. You didn't luck out. Yeah. Yeah. There is no luck. It's, it's hard work. It's preparation. It's dedication. Mm-hmm. That's how things happen. Nobody gets lucky. You know I mean, there is no luck. There, honestly, there's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, it, 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 everybody who's super successful, it's because they work harder than everybody else, and they and they take some risks and they mm-hmm. go for it. It's not because they're lucky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. And you may have some see, some some things that come at you that seem like it's luck, but no, it's because you've put yourself in the right position to have those things happen to you. You know, it always seemed it's uh, it always seemed that when we were faced with a decision. Um, and we made it, it fell into place. It, so often, I don't, I don't want to say there was a sign or whatever, but it, something would happen, and we'd say, oh, my goodness, like, mm. this was meant to happen the way it did. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it would, 
work out. You, you know? feel lucky. I mean, you, we feel like, wow. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, do, I do believe it. And the first one, when I lecture and teach and coach, yep. I'm the first one to say, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Yeah. I, be, I do believe that wholeheartedly. Yep. Where yeah. some people are, oh, thank God. Or, Think this and karma and all that. And you know, if you think it's karma, great, buy the house. Right. It's just sure. karma that showed up at his own house. You know what? Great, you're right. Yeah. Just buy the home. Yeah. It's not karma. It's because I ran an ad that said, come to my open house. You came to the open house because you're in search of a home and it happened to fit, um, check all the blocks. But then right. it's skill. Yeah. In, in making it happen. Yeah, so you I create mean, your own destiny. That's, yeah. That's, that's but you know, happens. I think surrounding yourself with the right people too. Yeah. I mean, we have a great group of agents, truly. We surround ourselves with really nice, great people. And really great mortgage companies. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Well, Absolutely. It's, it's important to find good partners, people you work well with, you know. And, Without a and doubt. all of you guys. I mean, since I first started, you know, being around the two of you probably 10 years ago now. That's crazy. Um, huh? I know it is crazy. You have the same energy you had 10 years ago. I loved it. I saw you, uh, me and you are you and me. Yeah. Um, I saw that. And, you, and you're younger than me. And I thought I, I was, it was really cool. It was so much, it's so much fun to help people like your company and mm-hmm. you know Maria Bernardo, yep. attorneys that are out there that oh, are yeah. doing well, and other attorneys that we work with, Anthony Capone. Yeah. It's, so much, it's, it's a lot of fun to help them. Yeah. And, and we want you to grow because Thank you're you. reputable, you're strong, and you, it's been you ten keep your word. Years. I, I would have, yeah. years. I would have said five. Yeah, no, it's been a, time goes been about by ten years. so fast. Yeah, it's been a, been a long time. And, imagine, yeah. You know, it just it, it goes to show that you know you, you, you partner up with good people who are actually yeah. good people, mm-hmm. number one, right? right. And you, ha- you have a great business relationship, but then it becomes a friendship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody does well does. together. Absolutely. Talking about Maria and all the agents and everybody else, it's like... It, it, it mm. you you enjoy celebrating each other's success. Absolutely, you know it's and, true. But you, and but, I love it. But Michael, you've earned the right to be called number one in your field. Our agents Thank feel you, very confident in calling you. I feel very confident in putting my reputation on the line when I refer you every time. You may not get every deal, but when you say you're going to do something, you do it. Thank mm-hmm. you, and that's what I've always tried to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just stick by my word. Try to answer my phone as much as I can. Yeah. Get back to people. At be on all top hours. Of it. It's, uh, I try. We've had a couple of midnight conversations. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, um, you answered the phone. I was just, and I always say, you know, I'm hoping you're going to answer, but I always say, oh, I was just going to leave you a message. Yeah. But uh, you're really good about answering that phone. Yeah. I, I try. I don't answer my phone for everyone in the letter. <laughs> if it says place Coco, I'm probably going to answer. I'm probably going to make many of those. Well, Linda early, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but what you guys have done is amazing. Thank um, you. Growing the way that you have. Tell me about any, uh, do you have any good projects, anything interesting going on that people should know about? We do. Um, right now, a very exciting project. It's okay. in Salem, New Hampshire. Yep. It's called Kelling Grove Estates. It's fantastic, really. It's not like anything that is in this city. It's one town. of a kind. It's yeah. one of a kind. Or within probably 30 miles. Right. Yeah. It's um, 18 luxury condos. Um, they're all on one level. Okay, very nice. They range from 1,250 square feet to 3,100 square feet. That, Imagine 3,100 square foot. That's a big condo, right? Less, where it's yeah. one level. It's all penthouse yep. mentality. The nine foot floors, the uh, thick ceilings. moldings. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, nine foot floors would be pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> right. What do you do for the ceiling? All those are, t- <laughs> are twenty nine feet. Endless. Endless. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's. Exciting to represent that property. Yeah, that sounds awesome. The builders, um, it's the Trident Group. They're out of Salem as well. And Gino Baroni, who's really kind of spearheaded the whole thing, he's the brains behind it. Um, He's building 
a building that is so um, so state of the art. So he, he's it has underground parking. Oh, that's the awesome. underground parking is built like a fort. It's steel beams. It's concrete. It's unbelievable. And then each floor that's built is to deaden sound so that you don't hear the person next to you. Awesome. Um, you would not hear people walking on the floor above you. You would not hear sound coming from your neighbor next door. They've really built it out uh, to create a nice, secure building for everyone That's to fantastic. enjoy and, and be comfortable living there. Um, very, top very of the line um, appliances in your kitchens, beautiful cabinetry, high end finishes. I mean, what you would come to expect really in a property like that. Right. And um, depending on the size of the unit, the pricing starts at four ninety nine okay. nine, and it goes up to uh, one point two million. Oh, that must be beautiful and super high end finishes. High, all high end. When you picture yeah. walking, just coming into the <coughs> the the, uh, the exterior of the building, walking under the portico, it's their coffered ceilings. Oh, beautiful. Outside, you right. walk in and you see this hanging beautiful chandelier, and you have the uh, the weight room, the workout room to the right. And the library to the left. Oh, so it's got amenities like it does, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that too a little bit, just so people. Yeah. Can, well, can as you were describing though, the foyer, it's marble floor. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous, uh, black and white um, style. The um, outdoor uh, opportunities are they have a gazebo. Beautiful. They have an outdoor kitchen area. They have a couple oh, of. Oh, that's a um, good idea. Of um, yeah. Uh, what do you call those areas to sit around the fire? Fire pit. A little fire pits, yeah. Yep. They have yep. a couple of those. They have bocce. Nice. Yeah, so it's really to be, and it's not an age restrictive community. I was going to ask community. you that. No, no it's, it's okay. all it's ages. Three levels. Um, every unit is is a garden style, meaning it's there's no stairs. Sure. Right. There's an elevator um, in there, um, all high end. You, you need to use a special key to even enter the building. Yep. And to enter the, the, uh, the workout room and the library and the elevator and all. Very private. If you walk up to the front door of the of the unit of the suite, it's a it's a very impressive doorway. You feel like you're at the Ritz, right. Carlton. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And yeah, I've yeah. seen the renderings. It does look yeah. like that. It looks like you're walking into, you know, like a super high end, yes. you know, hotel with the with the finishes and everything. Yes, and that's what they want yeah, to well accomplish. Said, yeah. And what's really interesting is the um, builder developer is going to live there as well. That's always a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever yeah. the builder is going to live there, yeah. you know that he's he's confident in the in, in, in what he's built. He's that, not afraid to, to live among the people who buy. Right. He and he says that to everyone. He yep. said, "I'm not afraid. I am building this house, this building, like it's my house." Oh, that is awesome. Where and is it in Salem? It's on Sally Sweets Way. Yep. Which is right off of um, Jeremonte Drive. Yep. It's. So accessible from Route 93. It's close to the Tuscan Village, which we know is getting built up incredibly. Yeah. It's about a mile away from the Tuscan Village. No, it's a great spot over there, right mm -hmm. Right over off of Jaramonte Drive or off of uh, what's that Hampshire Road that runs behind yeah. there. Yeah. Lawrence Road. Yeah. Lawrence Road, that's right. Um, because you're only two minutes away from everything on 28, mm -hmm. but, but far enough away from the there, traffic. Right, you're not yeah. like in the traffic and everything. Yeah. So yeah. it's a perfect spot. It's really secluded. Yeah, that sounds mm -hmm. great. When, um, when are they talking that units will be finished? Fall. Yeah, um, okay. September, um, October. Yeah. We'll have a model. Um, this is um, June 18th. We'll have a model within four weeks. Oh, great. That's what they're saying, four to six weeks. Yeah. I'm 
I, they say four to six. I'm thinking it could be two months before it's furnished. We'll and yeah, I, they're quite anxious to get it, and yeah. we'll have it furnished, and um, it'll be really, really something to come into and come but see. You can actually see it now. We're, mm. we're starting our open houses this weekend, yep. and they'll be every weekend, Saturdays and Sundays, yeah. more like probably 12 to 2, 2 to 4, that range. Come in. We'll toy. It's all framed. The uh, roof is on and all that. They haven't put drywall in there yet, so it's still in those early stages. Right. But the model should be done, let's say, even if it's six to eight weeks. Yeah, you that'll know, be good, though. At least people can see, like, layout and yeah. where exactly. the building is. And, and I think early stages like this, people are able to see truly what they're doing between the walls, behind right. the walls. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity make, for that. They can make some changes, too, yeah. while it's yep. being framed. That's right. Well, it sounds like an incredible project. I think yeah. this was it four under contract on Yes. That? Already, yep. yeah. Well, four out of eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty and good. We haven't it built is. the building. Yet. Yeah, that's pretty good at this yeah. in this point in the construction. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. that's fantastic. Any other projects that people should know about that we've got going on? Um, you we're, getting, we're getting sold out. Um, I know. It's happening everywhere. I know everywhere. we had Great Oaks and Methuen sold out. <coughs> Gone, right? Gone. That Chad was a great project. How many homes was that? About thirty. 30? Yeah, thirty. It took exactly two years <coughs> to sell out, which is quick. That's a phenomenal absorption yeah. rate. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. thirty have, homes. We have one left in uh, in Wyndham. It's a fifty-five and over. It's a ranch. Yep. Uh, it's a um, not a ranch. It's a two-story, but the master bedroom is on the first floor. That's uh, right in Wyndham, and it's it's under five hundred thousand. Yep, right on Range Road Rain before you get Hill. to the park. That's right, right. In case anyone's looking, yeah. I'll be there Saturday. Uh, okay. Saturday, and you have your four um, homes. Oh, Glen Denon in Wyndham. Thank you for yep. reminding me. Yeah. Glen um, Denon, which has been a great project over there off of Settlers Ridge. Yeah, we have um, myself and Shannon um, has um, probably eight, nine. Uh, lots available. Yep. Some of them are being built right now. I have one that's being built right now. It's gorgeous. It's 3,500 square feet. It, um, it, it's turreted. The master bedroom's turreted. Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Three stall garages. Um, and nice. they're 849. Yep, nine. I was going to say somewhere brand in the mid eights. Yep. 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 Yeah. Which is great. You can get brand new construction in Wyndham. Oh, yeah. Right by 93, Mike. It's yeah. a beautiful location. That's a great spot, too. Again, right off Range Road, for people that don't know, you pass the park and it's up on the left. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys have a, have a ton going on all the time. It's nice to see the new construction is, is going quickly. Uh, that's always a good sign. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the key now in the market, and everybody, I think, knows it is listings. Yep. You need houses for people to buy. Yep. There are a lot of buyers, as you know. Because they call you every day to get pre-approved. Yep. Um, we send them to you, too. But we need listings. They, there's such a shortage of houses for people to buy. And so we always say to sellers, you know, if you've been on the fence and you're thinking about it, don't think anymore. Just put it on the market. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but sellers say, well, then where am I going to go if I sell? True. Well, this house is coming on all every day right and there's opportunities that come along yeah. too so with, with that in mind uh, we th- we think there's two reasons why the inventory is so low and it is almost at 50 yeah. percent compared to last year we think there's two reasons one is safety with this covid 19 sure. going on yeah um in which mm-hmm. we've taken full pr- uh, precaution so when we're listing your property we're supplying gloves we're supplying masks we're supplying sanitation and booties so we take <laughs> care of all that and if we need to, we'll tour the home with the buyers if there are other agents Perfect. that are showing the homes. Mm-hmm. So safety is the utmost. We'll yeah. make sure we'll wipe things down as we go through. So once that happens, and then the second scare is where am I going to go, like Linda said, yeah. because there's not a lot of inventory. So what we try to advise our clients are, well, if you start looking for a home and you want to buy it, you really can't buy it because your home isn't sold. Right. You don't even have a buyer in your home. Right. So how do, you, how do you strategically get around that? Well, it's simple. At Cocorelli, we've devised a, a, a couple conditions for the buyer coming in to, buy, to purchase their home. So if you put your home in the market, 
say for 500000 and a buyer walks in and says, I love it, great. We would accept the offer with a condition in there, written. So it's in contract saying, we'll only sell you this house if we can find another home. That's it. There we go. So now you have a buyer for your home. Mm-hmm. Now you can go and look for another home and say, listen, my house is already sold. I've yep. already got a buyer. That makes you a legitimate player in today's market. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's when they, they typically says seller to find suitable housing, right? Yeah, that's right. That's, right. that's, right. Yeah. that's a phrase that we would do. Seller okay. subject to a sell, uh, us, uh, the seller finding suitable housing. And usually we'll put in 30 days, 60 days. Yep. But if the buyer really loves your home, they're going to wait right. because there's nothing on the market. Right. right. That's, that's good for people to know because people will come to me looking to get pre-approved to buy and they'll ask me the question, you know, which right. what should we do first here? Should we sell our house or yeah. try to get a house under agreement? Or you know, and I always defer back to you guys. Yeah. I don't even want to get involved in that right, conversation. Right. But that's good for people listening to know. Okay, you get your house under contract. Says you need to find suitable mm-hmm. housing. Right. Again, right back to what's the worst case scenario? That's right. You don't sell your house. You don't sell your house. Exactly. You're not going to get thrown out. Right. There's no safety issues because we've taken care of that. Right. So yeah. So put. Put your home in the market today. Our sellers are getting 30, 40, 50. I wrote an offer the other day, $80,000 over asking price. Over asking price. Make sure you get a local realtor that knows the market. 100%. In this case, it was was an agent who didn't know the market and there was 65 showings. I mean, seriously, so people think, so where's the market going? If you had 100 buyers, which we do, between 300 (laughs) and 500,000, 100 buyers easily within the Merrimack Valley in Southern New Hampshire. If 20% of those people are laid off, let's let's call it, there's 20 million, 20.5 million folks that are laid off right, right. now that are collecting unemployment. If 20% of those 100 go away because of their job, their, their employment, there's still 80% of, of the oh, market yeah. still there. 80 people are still looking to buy a home. This market is very strong and will stay strong. Yep. So get out there, put your home in the market, subject to <clears> finding <throat> suitable housing, Let's get that inventory out there. Yeah. yeah, the good thing is too, these rates are supposed to remain super low, the mortgage rates, right. throughout the end of this year and through 2021. Which is awesome. Everything I'm hearing, you know, potentially rates further down into the twos. Um, so they're gonna keep dropping oh for a bit, which is incredible. Um, needs to, they, they need to just to spur the economy and keep things moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the, I mean, summary here is that the real estate market is really booming. Um, don't be afraid to list your house. Yeah, don't be afraid at yeah. all. Right, Call because yeah. right because there's, there's measures you can put in place so you're, you're not going to be homeless. That's right. I think that's what people are afraid of. It is. It's legitimate and right. it makes sense because yeah. they're out there shopping now and not finding anything because mm-hmm. there's three homes in Wyndham right. between 300 and 500. Three homes. How does a population of 19,000 people right. choose yeah. on three homes? Yeah, it's, it's so it's subject to. And when you do that, hopefully the... The, uh, the next step up homes will be doing the same thing. Right. So it does help the market Right, it's propel. a ripple effect yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, everybody's gonna keep that in mind. I think once people have that uh, that information, mm-hmm. they'll be able, able to make better decisions. I think oh, part yeah. of it is that they don't have the information or they're, you know, they're not even at the point where they're talking to a real estate agent like you guys to get that information. Right. Right. They're just like, you know what, I'm not doing anything. Well, that's the thing. People right. just get paralyzed and they do right. nothing. Yeah. But they want something to happen, but they're afraid to do anything, right. so they don't. Well, hopefully us sharing some information with, with, with the public, they'll, yeah. they'll get a better understanding I of how that so. works. Yep. Hopefully. Yep. Uh, before we wrap up, anything else you guys want to want to add? No, this has been fine. I was a little nervous to come on. It's no, you different. Weren't. Were you um, nervous? You're not nervous. Yeah, always. You ever been nervous? Um, <laughs> probably not. No. I'll, I'll, every day, I just hide it well. I'm in sales, so... <laughs> 
Uh, but no, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, this yeah, no, we really, really appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, thank fun. you guys for coming on, and I, yeah. I like it because every time I do this with someone, I learn so much more about you know, about yeah. you guys, yeah. Yeah. which is great. Well, Blaze, Linda, thank you guys so much thank for being you. great friends, great partners, coming on our little show here, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully sharing some good information with the public. You guys are the best, and let's uh, let's you. have a great year in real estate this year and next year and many years to come. Thank let's you guys so it. much. Thank you, Mike. Thank All you. right, thank you. All right, bye, guys. <laughs>